0: So grateful for the ministry of Pastor Brad last week. Did y'all enjoy that? Wasn't that food for your soul? He's messed me up now. I every time I walk up here and I look at my water, I'm wondering if it's seawater or salt water. So I have to wait for that first sip. So he, he's banned from the stage unless he's preaching. So. Before I read this, can I just speak to the elephant in the room? There's just a heaviness everywhere. And it carries over because we bring in with us all that we're thinking, all that we're feeling. But this place is a bastion of peace. And so I just want you to open your heart and your soul all up. Just uh, shake off whatever that you might receive with meekness, the engrafted word of God. Not my opinion's. But that which comes from the book, because the Word of God is a light, it's a lamp, it's a balm, it's a strengthening, it's a correction, it's a pruning, it's a, a stabilizing, it's, it's a, a, a nutrient, and this is what I pray for you today. So Luke 21, 34 through 36, take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your heart's be overcharged. Now that can be with anything, which means that life dictates to you how you think, how you feel, the direction you travel, the, the pace in which you travel. Don't let life overcharge you. And don't be uh, uh, overcome with drunkenness and partying and the, what, the cares of this life, so that that day come upon you unawares. What day? the day of the Lord? Which is the Lord coming for his church and then the Lord coming back with his church. For as a snare it will come upon all, say that with me, all who dwell upon the face of the whole earth. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. And let me read this verse to you, Philippians 3 verse 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. To preach the same thing to you is not grievous to me, but for you it is safe. In this last hour, with everything shaking, I've already referred to this, everything shaking globally, nationally, internationally, racially, economically, spiritually, educationally, at every area, there's an, a, an unstableness. The Bible said everything, 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 if, if you can point to it, it's going to be shaken. But the things that cannot be shaken, which means removed, shall remain. And in this last hour, you're going to need clarity. Clarity. A crystal clear perceptive understanding of the greater reality. you got to be clear on who God is. you got to be clear on who you are to God. You have to be clear on the power of prayer, the infallible nature of the Word of God. you got to be clear to yourself that can't nothing happen to me that does not come through the hand of God. Nothing. So that when we are shook... We're not removed. My prayer for you today in this last hour is that you have clarity. Would you pray for me as I pray for myself that I might encourage you in the Lord today and you leave saying, I feel a little different. There's there's a pep in my step. I'm stronger. I, I can be cautious without being fearful. And that I can be confident that he that begun the good work in me will perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. So, Father, I just humble myself before you. This week, oh Lord, I celebrated 59 years of your faithfulness to me. From the womb to the tomb, you are good to me, oh Lord. And I'm grateful. If you don't anoint me today, Lord, I probably won't do anything but frustrate people or or just fill the time. And the truth is, the hour is so late and with all we're juggling, we don't need the word of men. We need the word of God spoke under the anointing. To break the yokes that the devil has tried to place upon us and that we've unwillingly put upon ourselves. Turn on the lights in our soul. Let us see where we're wrong. Help us see how we can be better. And help us rise up and be confident in the line of the tribe of Judah, I pray. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I'm probably going to discuss these four things, and they might not be what you think. I, this, this could go many different ways, but I chose four that I think are core because from them, from your heart, flow these issues of life. Guard your heart. Stand guard. Be diligent. Be vigilant. Be aggressive to guard your heart and make sure that it's not only over, not overcome with weeds, Or poisonous plants. But guard your heart to make sure it's strong. A strong heart. Be strong in the Lord. Not in yourself. Be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Be clothed with all the armor of God. And what is the armor of God? Jesus. He's the truth. He's the righteousness. In him we have peace. He's, our, he's, he's everything. He's all in all to us. So I want you to have clarity, number one this morning, concerning your life. As a matter of fact, if you're taking notes, I love you. God bless you. These people come in, just nothing in their hand but their phone and they're playing Facebook and all. Just put the camera on them. Just put, <laughs> focus in on their phone and see who they're talking to. Let me get off that, sorry. In this last hour, make sure you have clarity, number one, concerning your life. Number two, concerning the world. Number three, concerning sin. So number one, your life. Number two, the world. Number three, sin. And number four, an absolute and resolute trust in Christ. Well, Pastor John, the way you started, I thought we were going to talk about End times and all the other, we might refer to it, but I want us to be clear on these things. Because if these things, these are like vital signs, like temperature, blood pressure, pulse, oxygen levels. These, these things we've got to be crystal clear on so that we don't have seeds of disease, dis-ease in our life. Number one, make sure that you have clarity concerning your life. Romans 12.1 I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your li- your bodies... A living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable, logical, rational, reflexive, accepted service. You need to have clarity about your life, your individual, God-granted life that you're going to give an account for. Number one, our letter A, I should say, it's a creative, created life. Your life was not by the will of man. Even if your parents tried to have you, you were created and, it, and born as that expression. This life was intentional by God, purposeful and positioned. God, who has all the details, chose the when, the where, and the how. One of my best friends was born through the rape of a mentally retarded woman. He's a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ today. No one would have chose to be the, the, the child of a rape victim. No one in their right mind would choose uh, to be in a home with an abusive parent or an alcoholic parent or any of those things. But let me tell you, God has information and details that you don't know about that in the worst of situations and scenarios... He is intentionally wringing out his glory in your life. So for eternity, you will see that he did and knew all things well and good. Not only is your life a created life, it's a purchased life. I want you to be clear on this because in this last day, if you think it's yours, you're going to make decisions based from your ownership. Your life is not yours. It was God's desire, it was God's design, it was God's action, knowing, giving you the power of choice that you and I would commit sin, and he purchased us back. He redeemed us through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You are not your own. It's even further than, you know, like our children are ours. You know, parents tell you, I brought you in this world. I can take you out of this world. You are mine. Well, they grow up and move on. And you think you're important. And you let them get married. And, you know, you can't be that married. Gone. Gone. You don't own them. You don't own them. But God owns you. Do you see how that affects everything? Of course you can tell me where to go and where to work and what to do. Because it is not my life. I was a created life for your glory. And I do not own Let me show you how hypocritical we are. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I don't own my past. Free, free, free from my sin. But I own my today. And I own my tomorrow. God didn't buy part of you. When he redeemed you and purchased you, he purchased your past and removed it. He bought your present and and, and owns it and controls your future. What you're going to need in this last hour there's so many things that flow from this. See, I don't have to sustain me. I'm his problem. Don't have to, I, this ain't my life. I'm getting to live it, enjoy it, fight through it, struggle with it. And it's one of my other points. But this is a stewardship. Your life is a stewardship. He's given you the days, the hours, the years to see what you will do with it. To determine what reward you will have in heaven. This ain't my life. I am not responsible. Listen to me. I am not responsible for the preservation and protection of my life. I am responsible for the yield. I can't keep my wife and my babies from harm. I can't keep them from the unknown. I can't keep them from the plans of this world to be godless and to further push away from God. I can't keep them from the coming days of wrath. That's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to be clear on whose I am and who owns the rights, who owns the deed, when you go to buy a house and stuff they do title work to see they trace it back to see who owns the deed because whoever owns the deed can decide who lives there and who doesn't live there and, and so on and so forth up in heaven written was the day he purchased me and the day I understood it and now I'm living surrendered to the deed work my paperwork is in heaven my name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life I own him you know, one of my favorite verses is, y'all are quiet today. Some of this is so good. Y'all ought to be amen and a lot more, but that's, that's okay. Just a hint, just a little manipulation, throw it out there. Now you made me forget what I was going to say. See? Hmm? Yeah, that, that helps me. <laughs> anyway, it'll come to me in the middle when it doesn't affect, apply to anything, and I'll go, oh, yeah, and I'll tell you. Okay. It's a stewarded life. God has equipped you, he's given deposits, he's given opportunity, and he's given years. But do you know he's never made me write one check? He's never made me teach one class, he's never stuck his hand in me like a puppet. Yes, I'll volunteer for the nursery, yes, I'll teach kids, yes, no. It's a stewardship. You decide what you do. One of my greatest fears in life about the judgment seat. The Bema seat of Christ. It's not for my sins. It's that I'll be judged according to my potential. And he said. I gave you all of this. And this is what you bring me. You see. With this clarity that comes. This is a created life. It is a God owned life. And it's a stewarded life. We will give an account for the deeds done in our body. See that clarity. Works its way out in choices and priorities. This life you have today and that I have is an unmerited life. Here's what the world says when someone passes away. How could God, do, how could God take that man from that family? Andy and I both lost our daddy. I lost mine when I was young. He lost his when he was a little older. I'm just Now, this is not the extreme. I'm just going to show you this. How could God take your daddy? No, how could God give us such a daddy? You see the perspective? How, what? What did I ever do to deserve a Christian family? What did I ever do to deserve a woman that would rescue me and heal my heart and fill our home with babies? This is an unmerited life. Shake off this entitlement that it's pushed down your throat through the media that everyone deserves a home. Everyone deserves an education. Everyone deserves health. Everyone deserves retirement. Everyone deserves checks from the government. We don't deserve anything. But God has been rich towards us. This is an unmerited life. I'm not confused about it. Not on welfare with God. I'm in the family. He didn't just send me a check. He brought me to the table and my feet are under his table. Flip over what your parents told you. As long as your feet are under my table. You know, they said it with kind of the you're gonna do what I say when I say. You know what? As long as your feet under my table, you ought to remember who you belong to. I got a seat. Anybody else? I got a seat at the table. It is a precious, beautiful, wonderful life. I've got something for you now. You may not like this, uh, but still, it's it's good for you. We are way past critical mass with the propaganda it's on television. Guys, for the love of God, I watched the news the other night. And said, I'm, not, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just telling you. I turned it on. As, I haven't watched the making news in forever 30 minutes. And I'm making up a number, four or five minutes for commercials. The weather going to get two minutes. So that's, what, 20, oh, that's Six minutes, 24 minutes, 22 of the minutes were on the disease and gloom just push down our throat, perpetually telling us uh, where there's no hope and there's no help and, you know, uh, separating the people and, you know, uh, it's, there's just so many ways to go with it. And if you're not careful, you, you know, you can only throw up what you've eaten. Did you know that? I know that's kind of a crass thing. I've, I've never eaten salad and threw up cheeseburgers, you know what I mean? I'm sorry. I, see, you'll remember that, though, Okay. You know, Scott, like the person that listened to country music all day long. He said, I just feel like jumping out of a window. I know. <laughs> Y'all remember years ago when you had the backmasking in the 70s they do the little music and they do the album backwards and it said go kill your grandparents and put your children in a mason jar. Just crazy stuff. You know, worship the devil. When you get country music back, you get your wife back, your dog back, your car back, your hair back, your youth back. Everything you lost in life, you get it back. Now, you need to be clear on this. Listen, life is not what you see on the news. That's, it's like uh, when you listen to, and again, when you listen to rap music uh, and it's targeted to one area, this is life. This is all there is to life. One corner of one, ta- uh, one block in Los Angeles, this is life. No, that's that one block. Christian, you have a beautiful wonder filled glorious thing that God has given you called life and yes it has sorrow and yes it has stress and yes it has difficulty but there are thousands of blossoms of God's goodness turn off the TV Just listen if your family's crazy go to a lake and feed ducks they're sweet Just... you can find it baby you can find peace my papa knew how to find it. My grandmother and he were married fifty-seven years. They fought every single day of their life. I was in the hearse with Papa, and this is kind of morbid, gotta hold my place here. Uh, we're leaving he, get, he looked out the wind and he said, fifty-seven years, and never a crossword. What? Oh. <laughs> they fought every day of their lives. And Papa had a trick though, he was deaf. And she'd be able to (laughs) And when he turned that baby off, it was peace, peace, wonderful peace. He, He would tell you from heaven, turn it off. That don't mean we can't be informed. But I can't I can't listen to your narrative, and that's all I eat and expect to throw up goodness. I just, just counsel, just thought I'd help you a little bit. Just, Your life is a shapeable life. You don't like your life, change it. Now, you can't change everything. I hear people take the verse out of context. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I can't dunk a basketball. You ain't got no faith. No, I ain't got no hamstrings. Those things <laughs> have locked up. Calves locked up. I've shrunk, Reginald, I've shrunk. I used to go grab the rim, Reginald. I could dunk a volleyball. Man, I I couldn't hit the net if I had a a, a coffee table to stand on. Everything done seized up in front. Oh, you can do all things. No, I can't. You can't win an argument with your wife. You can't. Just quit. Quit, Menzies. You'll live longer. Quit. There's. (laughs) Where am I? Hold on. I said, Where are you? In trouble? That's where you at. If you were to go to the nursing home, they did a survey recently, and out of every hundred people in the nursing home, uh, there's only six men out of every hundred. You know why men die first? We choose to. (laughs) Anyway, just sitting at home. Gone. Uh, Anyway, you know when I get you laughing, there's medicine coming, right? Okay. You don't like your life? Change it. I can't dunk a basketball, I can't change my stature, but I can move six steps over and change my environment. I can change what I'm looking at, I can change what I'm listening to, I can change what I'm dwelling on, I can change who my inner circle is and my outer circle. I can change what I eat, I can change my habits. You have a shapeable life, stop blaming everyone else for the choices that you're not making. I can walk over to my house, men, I'm, it's just men's day today, okay? This ain't women's day. This, man, we're going to talk about our struggles. In, in summer, it's 3,216 degrees with a humidity of 98%, and my kids and Kelly are wrapped in blankets. I'm like, for the love of God, what is wrong with you people? Fat, fat is just sweat. Uh, sweat is just fat crying. I'm just fat just crying. I'm sweating. But you know what I can do? Instead of talking to them about their blankets, I can walk over to a thermostat where I pay the bills. And I can walk over to the thing. Tink, 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 tink. I can push that little button four degrees and make myself happy. Now, I gave you another illustration. What would you do if you started pushing the right buttons in your life? That high school friend that you've loved forever, you've got to decide. Look, me and you are going to have to take a break. I'm not judging you. I'm judging me. I can't hold you up no more. You're killing me. God bless you. You don't like it, but it's true. Your life is shapeable. Those things you don't like in your life, change them. Change them. Change your spiritual life. Change it. Change your prayer life. Change change the study of the word. Change it. And yes, it's a difficult life. Sorrow, sickness, pain, as, as the sparks fly upward, so are we born to trouble. Don't think because you walk closely with God that you are exempted from anything that the world goes through. I am vulnerable to every calamity, problem, difficulty, sorrow, and pain that my unbelieving friends experience. I'm ex- I'm ex- I am exposed to, and it's part of my life, but I have a God that sustains me in it and through it. And number and letter H, it's a preparatory life. Stop trying to fix everything and know what this is for. This is the dress rehearsal. This ain't it. You know how freeing that is for me when I have the clarity of that? This ain't it. This is the dress rehearsal. And you know how we're, the Bible says we're peculiar people. It's not because we're supposed to be weird and so deep that we can't relate to people. It's that we look like we're going somewhere else. It's like going, you know, going to a wedding and you know, uh, again, men's day, fellas, I got you. You go to a wedding and they got cucumbers on a toothpick and stuff, you know, and we stop in at barbecue place, fresh air, and we get two sandwiches and we know now so we don't get fussed that we cover up our shirt but we walk in fresh air barbecue and we got our tux on and uh or an ugly uh groomsman suit with shiny shoes and we walk in and everybody's looking at you and you go oh i'm going to a wedding why do we have to tell them we're so afraid somebody gonna have an opinion just go get your sandwich and walk out it don't matter whether any but we tell them i'm going to a wedding i'm going to a wedding you know what this clarity of mine is I know you don't think that I'm like you and you think I'm odd. I'm going somewhere. I know, I know you're judging me about my ideas and my priorities and what I'm focusing on and how I spend my life and my money and everything. And you might not understand how I'm dressed, but I'm going somewhere. I'm going to Zion, the beautiful city of Zion. I'm on my way to the city of the living God. You need to be clear. Clarity about your body. Number two, clear about the world. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove, examine, discern, choose what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. You need to be clear about this world. It is godless. It is governed by the prince of the power of the air. That's why I don't trust really in almost anything That comes from a godless media. Do you know why they call them programs? Television programs? To program you. To tell you what you think. Feel. What to act. This world hates God. Do you realize we're being swayed by governments and multi-international conglomerates that call the murdering of 80 million children parenthood? That's who we're trusting for information. Think about that. That's who we're trusting. They don't even know which bathroom to use. They don't even know which bathroom to use. And they're going to tell us, this is what you need to do. I'm like, you're insane. Saw a lady on TV the other day. How many genders are there? Well, currently we're estimating 37. I'm like, are you identifying as an idiot today? That's what I'm thinking. How can you say that? It's her truth. Because the scripture says, in the beginning, God created man. Male and female created he them. That's how I know. It's not either or. I'm going to identify as young and slim and rich. That's what I'm going to start doing. This world is a place of great wickedness and deception. And we're commanded to separate ourselves from it and resist its enchantments. Love not the world. Love not the world. You need to be clear about the world. Listen, if you are the friend of the world, you are the enemy of God. You need to understand that. Well, no, I I love the world. I've got a good rapport with the world and with God. You've been deceived. And if you knew you were deceived, you wouldn't be deceived. Friendship with the world. Like you watch a television show, uh, let's say some award ceremony, and these idols, think of that an idol, a celebrity, an idol, is doing a satanic song and dressed in satanic symbols, even imitating the gods that pagans, false gods that pagans worship. And they say, hey, did you watch this other night? Wasn't that good? You're the enemy of God. Get mad at me if you want. How readest thou? Our problem is we are educated, and indoctrinated by a world that hates God and not the simplicity of the scriptures. I don't hate my enemies, but I hate God's enemies. That's what David said. David said, oh, how I hate those that hate you. I don't love this world. I don't like this world. I'm in it, and there's beauty in it, and there's wonder in it, but the world system... I'm not going to sit and be enchanted by you and hypnotized by you. And know this about the world. It's going to follow exactly uh, what the prophets and Jesus said would happen in this last hour. Now, I'm not talking about the disease. I'm not talking about the disease. But you need to see the spiritual dynamic as clear as you see the physical. Okay. The train tracks have to be laid before the train can come down the tracks. And what we're doing is, if this last bastion of freedom falls, the true bastion of freedom, the United States, and listen, we are flawed beyond repair. I'm not saying we're the standard of righteousness. Not at all. But the freedom, if that falls, then the tracks will start to go very, very quickly towards one world. Everything now is we're all in this together. Globalism, globalism. Because you have to be in a one world mindset to have a one-world coalition of leadership and government, to be open to one world commerce and to be open to a one-world religion. That's what's going on. What's going on in front of us is disease. But that disease, however it originated, is weaponized against our nation, and it's going to our nation is going to fall in line. So We got to save our nation. Make America great again. Now, I'm just going to be an equal opportunity offender and make everybody mad today. Is that okay? And just, if you want to write, just write grief at Christ Chapel, Macon, Georgia. Send him all your emails. We ain't been great for a long time. And we ain't been righteous for a long time. That don't make this any less evil today. Okay? But in the geopolitical realm we're as close to freedom as there is and don't think for a moment this is about yeah we want to murder 80 million babies but we care about you we care about you what happened to my body, my choice well that didn't fit the narrative back then what you're finding out is if I can take your liberties I can take your liberties I can take your liberties when it comes time for us all to have to have A different kind of paper, not just papers for vaccine, but a different number to be able to do commerce. Today, you lose your job if you don't, starting it now, it's starting, you lose your job if you don't participate. Before long, you won't be able to do anything unless you're part of this one world system. That's why we're to pray that we be counted worthy to escape the great and terrible day of the Lord. I understand, I want to be crystal clear, I want you to be. That everything that God said is going to happen. Christ is coming for his church. We're not looking for the antichrist. We're looking for Jesus. Christ is coming for his church. But a geopolitical figure will arise. And the world will follow after him. And he will confirm a covenant with Israel and many nations. And the world's going to say peace, peace. And then sudden calamity is going to come upon them. Uh, Such has never been seen. And if God doesn't shorten the days. uh, No flesh will be saved. It's coming. It's coming no matter who we put in office. It's coming. That is not pessimism. That's confidence. Do you know what I see when I... I y'all, I'm not a meme, a meme person. I'm too old. I can't keep up with it. I don't chat, snap. I don't, I, ain't got, I don't tweet, twit. I don't do any of those things. But the, some of the memes... Uh, and I forgot the meme. Great day! Sorry. Maybe it'll come back to me. Man, isn't that horrible? As you get older, I was trying to explain my joke before I get there, and I can't. Oh, well, just pray for me. They say it's from my sweetener that I'm eating that's causing it. That's <laughs> what they tell me. Yeah. Can't have sugar because I'll get fat and have heart failure. And then I can't eat saccharin because you'll uh, get cancer. I can't have equal because it'll give me Alzheimer's. So I'm doing one equal and one saccharin, so I'll have cancer and not know it. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) That's what I'm doing in my my drink. Anyway, concerning the world, it's going to happen just like God said it's going to happen. But this is not our home concerning the world for our citizenship is in heaven. It's like seeing a a home burned down and no one was in it. And and you're very glad no one was harmed, but it wasn't your home. If it goes like God says, every single thing on the earth after the millennium is going to be burnt with fire and starting over anyway. It's not our home. So that gives, you you know what this clarity does? It doesn't exempt you from these difficulties. It gives you buoyancy. So when the wave hits, you're able to ride. So concerning your life, concerning the world, the other two will go very quickly. Concerning the nature, deception, and end of sin. I did a lot on this the other week when I talked about judgment. Sin does exist, and it is God that defines it. You've got to be clear about what sin is. We would not know it was wrong were there not the law, the Bible said. And the law is what convicts us of our sin. Pride, where you're above, you're better, you're first. You're the final say. You're arrogant. You trust in yourself. Do you know if you trust in yourself more than you trust in God, you are pride-filled? Rebellion. Rebellion can be summed up in one phrase. I don't care what. I know what the Bible says, but. So you get to make exception. Sexual immorality. Fornication, adultery, pornography. Pornography. I had a friend ask me the other day, they said, I want you to use the word. Absolutely. If you have to shut your door and you have secret pages and secret things, uh, years, many years ago, and on an occasion since then, when I opened the door to that, that demon gets in and it takes root and it grabs you and grabs your heart. And I'm going to tell you, we've got to be aware that the sins that we harbor, the sins that we rationalize and that we normalize and even get to the point where we celebrate them will destroy everything that it touches. Sin will find you out in your mind, in your emotions, in your relationships, in your finances, in your soul, in your countenance. The wages of sin is death. Listen, be clear about it. Have a clear, crystal clear perception and understanding. That sin that I harbor will kill you. What part of you? Yes. No exceptions. But if we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Sin absolutely corrupts. It spreads and it consumes. It always spreads. You don't just, well, I'm just going to do this one sin. See, what happens when we willingly sin... And continue in that sin. It erodes our desire for God. Our confidence in God. And our boldness in talking to others. Because sin abounds today. The love of many has grown cold. And it's been said those who love God and practice sin. uh, You can't love God and practice sin. And you can't practice sin and love God. Those that love God won't practice it. And those that practice it can't love God. Do you expect God to cover a sin that you won't uncover? Let me back up and tell you. You know how embarrassing it is if you pastor a church, which I did this years ago, and go to my wife and say, hey, I looked at something several times inappropriate on the internet. Here's my computer. I want you to put the password on it. You do it. So here I am in my 40s, late 40s, early 40s and late 40s, I did this. Hey, can, can I get my computer like a little kid and my wife give me my computer, type in the password so that I can work on a sermon? Why would you tell me that? Because you have dealings with your own sin And if you're more afraid of the opinions of people than you are the opinion of God, you'll die in it. I am a sinner, but I'm not a fool. And I'm forgiven. And I detest the memory of those failures and immoralities. I plead the blood of Jesus over my house and my wife and my babies. And I pray this prayer all the time. God, that's not who I am. I don't want to be that person. I want to be crystal clear that the soul that sinneth, it shall die. I I don't want to make allowance for sin. I commit it, but I don't want to normalize it. I want to repent. Repent, which means change your mind about it. Confess it, turn away from it, and then distance yourself from it. Anybody else? Maybe this is just for me. Anybody else in this room? Have to turn off the TV or the internet months at a time because you looked at something that was inappropriate. Anybody else? Yeah. I Got to repent. Got to repent. I've determined in my life that if I'm going to be as flawed as David, I want to repent as good as David repented. You follow me? If our musician would come, please. And the Bible tells us that for these reasons... Sin, the wrath of God, falls upon the children of disobedience. You need to be crystal clear about this. That every sin will receive some form of judgment, some measure of judgment in this lifetime and in the one to come. They'll give an account. Every sin. Now, I don't say this in an arrogant position, okay? But do you remember several years ago, uh, it was... Pastor Eddie Long uh, in in Atlanta. There was a a video of him and now I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about it. Okay? it The subject of the sin. He had a man come in his church. I watched the video when it happened or the day that it happened. And they wrapped him, they unwrapped a Torah, a, a scroll of Hebrew and they wrapped it around him. And we're pronouncing these things that he was. It sounded like you're the word of God. I know I can preach it. But it was different than that. And they put him on a throne. Put a scepter in his hand. And a robe on his shoulders. And men lifted him up. And walked him around the church as people clapped. And out loud in front of the TV I went. God will smite you with worms. Do you remember the man that they said in the Bible where they said, The gods be with us? Like they were talking about the leaders. The gods are among us. The gods are among us. And they didn't correct him. And God smote him and he was eat up with worms. Almost immediately, almost immediately, he was diagnosed with cancer and he withered away to nothing. I am not judging his heart. I'm saying I, I find a striking coincidence in that form of pride, and then all of a sudden being struck down. You need to be clear in this last, last hour that there is nothing between you and God, because the only confidence you'll have is the assurance of the Holy Spirit. When everything else is shaken, I need to know God and I are good. Do you hear me? Because if God and you are good, you're good. And that thing you keep from God will keep you from God. Finally, when I said about this absolute, resolute trust in Christ, our place in His love is secure. I am persuaded that neither death nor life, angels, principalities, powers, things present, things to come, there's no height, no depth, no other creature that's ever been created can separate me from the love of God. Nothing. I am loved. I'm in His love. I'm loved by Him. And I love Him back. Our place in His care is secure. 1 Peter 5, cast all your care upon him for he cares for you. My place in his protection is secure. You know what my little boy told me the other night? Y'all, this is so precious. He has such a tender heart. He, you know, he hears us talking about stuff and they at school and the protocols and everything. He says, Daddy, you know, with all this, I don't know if he said disease or virus. He said, with all this going on, you know what? If I die, I'm just going to be with God. And I said, yeah, you ain't good. And that'll be all right. I said, well, don't leave me no time soon. He said, oh, no, I, I, I like staying here. I just, I just want you to know that uh, when you die, daddy, it's like sleeping. I close my eyes and then I wake up. That's what I want you to have in this last hour. When they give you final reports and everything, you go, "Mm mm-hmm. But the one that bought me, the one that rebirthed me, the one that's cared for me can keep me. And if he doesn't, I will open my eyes in his presence and say, great are you, Lord. Would you stand with me this morning? Our place in his provision is secure. Our place in his sovereignty is secure. And your place in heaven is secure. Don't, don't, Be more clear about the pandemic than you are about heaven, my Lord. Listen to this. Jesus said, "Hey, let not your heart be troubled. Stop it. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Now I'm about to leave, and I'm leaving for a purpose. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when I go to prepare a place for you, I'm going to come again." And receive you unto myself, because where I am, I want you to be. Don't be afraid. Great darkness has come to come upon the earth, and great darkness is going to cover the people, but God's children are going to rise and shine and His glory is going to be seen on them. No fear. Be clear for yourself. Be clear. be be crystal clear no doubt about it be clear about your life it's God's be clear about the world it is passing away set for destruction be clear about sin it'll kill you repent turn from it and be clear about your security in Christ nobody can pluck me out of his hand Pastor John are you eternally secure? maybe not like you've been taught but absolutely my life is hid in Christ with God God Guys, I'm going to wait on that song. I'm not going to play it. I just want to stand in the Lord's presence today. Would you do this for me? Just for the next minute or two, and then you can pick it up at home later. If you were to summarize this message, how would you communicate that to God? And Say, okay, God, I want to remind you that my life is yours. How would you tell him that? And go through those points today. Lord, I want you to know this world is not my friend. It's not my enemy. Just tell him. I denounce it. Forgive me for looking over my own sin. I repent today, oh Lord. And Teach me how to rest in you. Teach me how to rest in you, Lord. A thousand will fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but it won't come nigh me. wonderful peace coming down from the father above sweep over my spirit forever i pray in boundless villas of love and grace church family would you look this way before we go home you're going to have opportunity this weekend, and in the weeks to come people are going to They'll test you. They'll say something to see what you'll say. What you think about this? What you think about this? Start preparing in your heart. You know what? Everything seems to be misinformation, disinformation, incomplete information. And depending on what channel you're on, they're contradicting each other. It's really quite confusion, confusing. But let me tell you what I'm clear about. <laughs> and tell them where you stand. And tell them who your Lord is. And say, you know what? I sleep like a baby. What do you do when you hear all this stuff on the news? How do you sleep? With a fan on? Let them know. Be clear. For the Lord is coming soon. Coming soon. God bless you this morning.